0: Did he pick it up? No, I'm,
1: not, I'm, I'm, only, I'm, only, I'm only halfway through the story. What? Hi guys, welcome back to Industry Sunday. This is your host, Kennedy Novi And
0: Jake LeVan.
1: We're so excited to have you back. Another lovely week. Back Chicago now. summer is in full force right uh-huh. now. hmm it was a very beautiful day out. I don't know if you ever left your house at all today, but nope, I had a lovely you know, I, time outside today.
0: It looked outside. I, That's nice. I thought it looked nice from the indoors.
1: Well, Jake could have told me he was busy until 7 p.m. and I was watching his location all day. I'm like, this motherfucker hasn't left his house.
0: Mondays are work from home days. Oh. Just so you know. Um, but you can take that up with my boss.
1: <laughs> Sven, can I have a word? <laughs> can I have a word, Sven? Um, uh, did you do anything interesting this week? Mm. <sighs> you went to pride fest i did go to
0: pride fest yeah i mean pride fest well there's like pride fest and then there's pride and then there's also market day so there's like three, and pride in the park and pride in the park there's like four pride yeah. fest i feel like is kind of like the precursor like it's not anything crazy but yeah. like there was like fun performances and djs and performers and i don't know like drag queens and doing all that stuff uh, but there was also like um taste of randolph as well which is by my house um which i went for just a quick little bit because i get very overwhelmed with all of those people
1: yeah i went to taste of randolph and it was really insane there's like, so going many people on. Yeah. Well, like i'm
0: gonna go I just, this, this is too much for me. People well, bumping into me—I do not like being bumped into.
1: That's a good weekend. Me either. I've been so agitated with people and crowds. <laughs> I, know, I like, hate It's actually a crowd. so terrible. And I love living in the city. So I'm—I I'm, mean, at this point, maybe I'm just getting sick of it. I'm just I getting sick the, of all the people because people are idiots. I don't like tourists. That's I, my issue.
0: And I went for a walk downtown and I took the L for the first time. And
1: I know I saw that quite a
0: long time. Yeah, it was uh, interesting.
1: I had my dad in town for Father's Day weekend, so I was all over the city. Oh, yeah. I took a Happy
0: Father's Day to all the fathers. All the
1: daddies out there. That was our last episode. All the dads. That was our last episode. What was it? It was Father's Day. Yeah. I know because I forgot that I scheduled it to upload, oh, yeah. and then what? I saw it upload at noon, and I was, where was I? I was at the aquarium. I, oh, was yeah. How, I, wanted, I was watching the
0: penguins. I wanted, I was wanted to go to the Shedd Aquarium. I've been
1: there, this is my third time. My first time was in eighth grade. It was much better in eighth grade, but it's so cute. <laughs> it's kind of dusty and gross, you know? know? really?
0: Like you have to like...
1: It's really cool, but it could be take better.
0: drugs to enjoy it now or what?
1: No, I think that would freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> but I my favorite part is the that. jellyfish and they had that exhibit closed because they're like redoing it for another exhibit, the centennial, like a hundred year celebration or something. Um... But I watched. I went to go watch a dolphin show, and it was a seal show. I love seals, sea sea lions. Yeah, I love them. But this seal performed for maybe five minutes. And She's I was a like, lazy
0: girl. Yeah. Well, come on. You can't expect him to pre- look at what happened to SeaWorld.
1: Well, I figured at least like, okay, the seal's done. He was just the, the appetizer. And then the entree would be the dolphins coming out and doing a little dance. I saw him in the background flipping in the water. They're practicing in the back.
0: And they were like, no, not for you. didn't come out. No,
1: they're like, all right, show's over. And everyone around me was like, okay.
0: That was so exhilarating. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but Friday, we went to a concert at Northerly Island. It's like an island off the coast of Chicago.
0: Oh yeah, I was just there for a heat wave.
1: Yeah, it was cute. I hate going going there for anything though, because it's, it's hard so hard to, to leave, and it's hard to get there. Ooh, it's easier to get there than it is to leave.
0: To leave, it's like a pack of sardines.
1: Yeah, when you're to, it's, the <laughs> only cool thing about leaving is that you're in this huge crowd walking through like the museum
0: yeah but that terrifies me Park. now being cramped like that like sardines and walking all slow oh I'm yeah like, the
1: pedicabs i was flicking them off because they're riding like speed demons on the sidewalk yeah,
0: almost hitting people yeah that was no and the yeah
1: no my dad and i like to get like angry at people together so we'll be like oh yeah fuck you and they get off the sidewalk it's illegal and i'm like i don't know they're not gonna get pulled over
0: who's gonna pull them over
1: yeah, and I'm like, they're already crooks. They're charging people so much for, like, a 20-minute ride. It's hey, insane. With their
0: electric bikes that they They're not doing anything, yeah.
1: It's so they're just scummy.
0: Yeah, it's kind of trash.
1: Whenever they ask me if I want to ride, I'm like, fuck you.
0: I'm like, for free? <laughs> should sure.
1: We, should we interview a pedicab driver? I would never. <laughs> so that what would, is it like to be the most hated person in Chicago? <laughs> that would be,
0: like, our final episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, if we ever interview a pedicab driver, it means we've run out of
0: things to yes, talk about. <laughs> this is a fact. God. But this episode's going to be a little spooky. Yeah, I
1: know we have another spooky one. I
0: was feeling spooky. Uh,
1: <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, after our last episode, we had a few people write in and it's, I mean, I feel like people just don't like to write in that often about what they want to hear. They're just too shy, I think. So yeah, you guys, I mean, please send in what you want to hear, right? Send in as
0: much as you want.
1: Yeah. Like we want to hear it. We want to hear what you guys want to hear. We want to talk about Your stories will keep you anonymous if you want. Like, we want, we need more guests. We're trying to figure out when timing is going to work to have more guests on. Yeah. Um, We're both traveling a lot right now. And for
0: work every other week, I am in St. Louis. Back in the business.
1: I'm going to Electric Forest this weekend, so I'll be out of commission. How's
0: my volume look? Does my volume look better? Or does it it look really low? Because it it looks low on there. That's just what I'm seeing in there.
1: No, you're louder than me. Oh, okay, cool.
0: I don't know if it's glitching. It's
1: not the volume. You just need to speak up.
0: I am speaking up. Good job. Good job.
1: Uh, But yeah, so we had um, one of my old friends from college, Evan Groves, messaged me and said, uh, after this the Chicago Haunted Restaurant episode, you should do one about this hotel I stayed at. Um, He mentioned a, a hotel called the Majestic Hotel. It's in Lakeview. Um, He said he had some spooky experiences there, but I couldn't find any information on any hauntings there. The
0: Majestic Hotel.
1: Yeah, there was literally no stories about it. None. And even Yuppie Reviews, nothing. Like All I found was people reporting old broken pipes, rooms that smelled like old people, and expensive parking.
0: (laughs) That sounds like pretty much every Chicago hotel.
1: No, the funniest part is that people in a lot of these reviews were like, that's pretty much the norm for any hotel in Boys Town. It's going to be scummy. I They're, was like,
0: ah, that's disgusting. <laughs> Just trash. Like, I don't know if they wash those sheets.
1: Yeah, but I think we should start with your story because your restaurants all go into hotels okay. after you.
0: Well, and then I have a little interesting kind of facts for later on. Oh, yes, you do. I yes. Together. You can do
1: that after mine probably. Well, then we'll do the game.
0: Wow, the screen is bright. So... What is the pinnacle of places that are always haunted? It's either like Charleston or New Orleans. So this is a, a restaurant in New Orleans. Um, I got this from Nola, nolaghosts.com. Nola. Posted by Squat. Think Squat. Think Squat. Uh, think Squat. That's what you do on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> a squat. Think Squat. Think squat. <laughs> think squat. Yeah, when you're sad on the toilet. So... Uh, so <laughs> Basically, this is in the French Quarter of New Orleans. Um, the building is kind of like an eye-catching salmon pink. It's really kind of interesting. It's very distinctive appearance of the property. Um, the building belongs to Brennan's, which is a popular New Orleans restaurant. Brennan offers a couple of unique, like innovative, classic New Orleans kind of cuisine, um, but it balances like a little bit of like a traditional and modern. Um, much like the balances of the worlds of the living and the deceased is what it says here. Ooh. So there's actually a really crazy, like, I think it's a pretty crazy story about how this all happened. so Brennan's is haunted
1: um, <laughs> <Could you laughs> for clarifying?
0: just in case you didn't know.
1: Um, I think like everything in new Orleans is haunted though.
0: So unlike most haunted sites in the city of New Orleans, oh, sorry, however, though. the restaurant isn't what?
1: I said, speak of the devil. I said, everything's haunted there.
0: <laughs> I know. Is it haunted only by angry, vengeful, or tragic ghosts? In addition to at least one creepy spirit, peaceful, helpful presents also call a restaurant home. So there's like a little good and bad. Oh. Yeah. So let's dive into a little bit of the, the, the history of Brennan's. Um, across its three centuries of life, New Orleans has enjoyed several cultural identities. Um, and then obviously this being in the French quarters. So the association is Owen Edward, Owen Edward Brennan, who is the patriarch of the Brennan family. And he was mocked for his Irish heritage. Count, count our note. I don't know how to say that, uh, was a New Orleans restaurateur once told Brennan that an Irish man's culinary skills end with boiled potatoes. So Brennan knew he had to prove our node and that stereotype wrong. So in nineteen forty six they open up Brennan's Vucare restaurant on Bourbon Street. Um and it was it's famous for um creating the banana foster. What is that? Like a banana foster.
1: Like a banana split?
0: No. Uh, let me uh, like a banana foster kind of. It's like caramelized bananas. Oh, um, that
1: looks way better than the banana and, split.
0: And like um like caramel and stuff. So, it was invented by chef Paul Blaine. French ass names. I can't speak French. Uh, And then another local tradition started at this was breakfast at Brennan's, which showcases one of the largest breakfast menus in the city. So, Owen Brennan passed away in 1956. The restaurant moved to its present location on Royal Street. The pink building on Royal was constructed in 1795 by Vincent Rilloux, grandfather renowned artist. Edgar Degas. The building has also been on the site of the Louisiana State Bank and a home to President Andrew Jackson.
1: Mm. Well, you yeah, have right. So, He's from Louisiana. I didn't even I know I didn't that. I didn't
0: know that. In 2013, though, the building underwent a major restoration, unearthing, among other things, a hidden door.
1: Oh, hell no. <laughs> I knew it. This is like how the movie Poltergeist starts. <laughs> it's good. God, I hate hidden doors. <laughs> I,
0: like, they, of course, they renovate and they it's find like, a hidden it's door. It's like a
1: Coraline. <laughs> I was
0: like, yo, here we go. Now I'm like, this is juicy. So the Irish-American Brennan family had established a number of respected New Orleans restaurants in total... Uh the Brennan family operates 10 restaurants in New Orleans with seven um in the French Quarter by the 1970s Brennan's own Commander Palace another beloved big easy dining institution um, remarkably noted New Orleans cuisine chefs Emeril Emeril Lagasse and Paul Prudhomme <laughs> I'm not they got to be can you guys just have easier names
1: What What year was this
0: in the 1970s
1: Oh well, there's a, that, there's, a I, there's a chef called Emeril, but I don't I think don't, he's it, related to this. I'm history. looking at if
0: that's the right one. It is.
1: It's Chef Emeril. Yeah,
0: Legos. I guess he's old. This old dude.
1: Oh my God, he has that show, Emeril.
0: Is this isn't?
1: What?
0: The, it, that's not the, the the guy that does like Bam, right?
1: That's I think that's him. <laughs> that I think him? that's him. Let me look it up.
0: And then Paul f- Paul Prudhomme is another. Oh,
1: Chef Emeril Bam. Paul, Paul. Yeah, that is him. Bam.
0: <laughs> and yeah. And then there's this dude, Paul. Paul's kind of interesting. Oh, Paul's maybe. cute. He, you know, with his little hat. He looks like, uh, Doug Dimmodome.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He
1: does look like Doug Dimidome, um, the Dimidome family.
0: But yeah, so they've like pulled off some pretty, big, some pretty big chefs. Um, other restaurants under the Brennan's ownership include Ralph's on the park, Cafe Noma and the new Orleans museum of art. The Napoleon House, uh, and then a couple other places. But anyway, so we get to Paul Blanche. So Paul Blanche is the chef, and during his career at Brennan's, um, he shaped the restaurant's menu. His most notable contribution was the, obviously the dessert, like the dessert, the Banana Foster, which was named after Richard Foster, a friend of Owen Brennan's. Um, Blanche created the dish in 1951, and it remains the most ordered item at the restaurant to this day um the original banana foster also inspired a host of other versions of desserts including pastries candies blah blah um but chef bland's culinary creativity and devotion made him an admired chef the chef was dead you're gonna like this <laughs> <laughs> so this like he was so dedicated to his work like to the very end and like even after his death so when he was buried he was buried with the menu what? And, a, and a knife and fork across his chest
1: what the fuck? I know. <laughs>
0: like this is just setting it up for some haunted bullshit.
1: Yeah, they they put a curse on themselves.
0: Yeah. And then so according to Food and Wine, Blanche's loyalty extends beyond his death. Uh restaurant says staff say that the chef never leaves the kitchen despite his death in
1: 1977.
0: Ooh. Oh, every- God,
1: imagine that. What if he's a terrible boss, too? They're just like, he never went, left. Like, Leave me alone. <laughs> we thought we got rid of him. He's <laughs>
0: slapped with the spoon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when a spoon. Yeah. A wooden spoon flies out of nowhere.
0: <laughs> uh, every night, Blanche's ghost signals that the end of the night shift by banging pots and pans in an almost celebratory manner. Every mm. night. Spooky. This nightly noise is unlikely to be the work of a prankster in the kitchen as the sound is heard while the restaurant doors are being locked from the outside. Oh, my God. Icky. For those seeking a spot in the chef's ghost, you can sometimes be seen in the dining rooms or by the front door. Your best chance at summoning him, however, is by ordering Bananas Foster, a signature what? dish. While the bananas are aflame at your table, look around for the chef's translucent ghost. His <gasps> ghost sometimes appears in other forms like a brief sparkle or a heat wave-like distortion of a man in a chef's hat. What the fuck? But now he's not the only one that's dead here, bitch.
1: Oh, I bet there's a lot. Now a we lot got Herman
0: up. Funk. I like that name. <laughs> uh, Herman Funk. So Chef Blanche is not the only eternally faithful member of Brennan's staff. There's quite a... Wait, Do we get to the red room.
1: Oh, is that behind the door?
0: <laughs> that's, that's, <yeah>. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> of <laughs> so course it's a red room.
0: Herman Funk was the sommelier who helped form the restaurant's extraordinary selection of wine and spirits. Um, Funk lived in the wine cellar. Oh my god! His ghosts help
1: name a sommelier that doesn't. <laughs> That's what I'm saying.
0: His ghost helps the waitstaff decide on wine selections and pairings to indicate his pick. Funk's ghost clinks his preferred bottles.
1: What the fuck? You just see a puff of dust fly up off <laughs> yeah. the bottle of nineteen. Trucks. I'm like,
0: <laughs> it's like a fucking six thousand dollar bottle. I'm like, bitch, no, he wants something like in the seventy dollar range.
1: It's like, no, they they <laughs> only got yeah,
0: <laughs> they only have a budget of a hundred dollars. They
1: only got a shrimp. What is a Fucking shrimp. I can't think of the word.
0: So they it, only got shrimp and tuna. They know, can't like afford, what?
1: they can't afford lobster. It's,
0: it is common for spirits to linger in places that are important to them in their lives. Unfortunately, this importance is also too often because of abuse, trauma or tragedy. It once occurred in those places for the both of Paul Blanche and Herman Funk to be so friendly and continue to do their own like way of work. Um, so it was basically like a good thing. Like it was a special place for them. They really Happy, were thank you. Yeah. but now it gets a little bit dark.
1: Okay, yeah, red room. So cream. we get
0: the red room and Mansour. Le, le Fleur. Fleur, I see that. <laughs> so, unlike these other like gourmet ghosts that we're dealing with, like Somalis and chefs, um, there was another spirit that dwelled in the red room. So the red room was undoubtedly the darkest and most haunted part of Brennan's. Its blood red walls. Saw much horror. This is work. it doesn't be bright. So according to the 18th century legend, <laughs> one fateful mon- morning, Mansour Leflore <laughs> calmly planned three funerals. Later that day, he came home, he killed his wife and son, and then he killed himself by hanging himself from the chandelier in the center of the red room.
1: In the, in the restaurant? Was it a restaurant then? Yes. He planned their funerals before they died?
0: Yeah, he killed them.
1: At least he's organized. Like
0: preemptive, I don't know. So prior to the restaurant... So the, the Red Room was left up until 2014.
1: They left it there? Yeah,
0: that's how it's been. So prior to the restaurant's 2013-2014 renovations, painted portraits of LeFleur were on the room's
1: walls. What the fuck?
0: The room was the site of eerie phenomena. For instance, no matter the time of the day or the weather conditions outside, restaurant guests could feel a cold spot over the fireplace with their bare hands. The cold spot didn't just feel chilly but as cold as reaching into a freezer.
1: What the fuck? Wait, was the red room like a dining room that they, like a side dining room?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Oh my God, imagine booking your baby shower in there and you Don't see fuck a fucking ghost. Red room. Hanging from the ceiling, you're like, no.
0: So on the walls, the portrait of Mansour appeared to change its expression. You could look away from one, the portrait one moment and look back the next to see a slightly different expression. Namely, LeFleur's smile shifted to like a grimace. Mm-hmm. How creepy... Per the account of a paranormal investigator, Fiona Broom, she said, as I watched, Monsoor LeFleur's face seemed to change from posed to vulnerable or perhaps younger, and then a troubled grimace tightened into his lips. Oy. It turned slightly sneering and slightly distasteful. Finally, he looked anguished or perhaps angry, even sinister. <laughs> Yucky. The ghost of Mansoor Le floor has all witnessed... Um, per the same investigator, Broom, as a shadowy figure about five and a half feet tall and somewhat portly. The ghost always disappears when direct eye contact was made with it.
1: Oh my God. How
0: spooky. He's like, don't look at me in the eyes.
1: I'm I'm nervous.
0: Look at me from my backside. I got a wagon. (laughs) Um, So after the restaurant's renovations, the second floor dining room seems to have changed significantly. It is apparently now known as the Morphe Room rather than the Red Room in honor of chess prodigy Paul Morphe. A former resident of the property. So the former red room seems to have been broken up into a small parlor and a dining area as opposed to the larger dining room it used to be. Okay. So this is, they redecorated it. <laughs> they moved Montour's portrait and it's been oh, he moved from like its that. former position. He
1: did not like that.
0: Yeah, directly above the fireplace. And the floor's portrait was replaced with a portrait of Paul Morphy. <gasps> oh, that, shit. That's the T. Fireplace and chandelier are still present. Whether or not the Morphe's room fireplace and chandelier are the same one as before is unclear. They might've just left the damn chandelier up after he hung himself from it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: However, it is entirely possible that even though their appearances superficially changed, the fireplace and chandelier are still the same as such. They are likely carry the same paranormally charged energy. Um, perhaps re- re- redecoration of the red room was to update the room for a more modern luck or perhaps the owners of Brennan, We're trying to drive out LeFleur's unsettling spirit, moving the portrait, refinishing the fireplace and covering the walls. These design choices coincide with the most paranormally active parts of the room. Mm. Like what the fuck? So obviously it's present. They said it's presently unknown if LeFleur is still here or if the renovations like booted his ass out. Um, But usually the stronger a spirit was in its convictions of life, the stronger the spirit is after death. Um, it is quite likely that his spirit persists in Brennan's despite the renovations now visiting Brennan's just in case anybody wants to visit um, it's a, a beautiful restaurant it's esteemed but also haunted
1: still open um, Same yeah
0: year. still open
1: mm.
0: it's called Brennan's uh, on the culinary side a restaurant is one of the best in New Orleans and a must drive for visitors on the paranormal side um, it was featured on Ghost Hunters
1: oh mine were too
0: like, crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're ever in the French Quarter and you want to go to Brennan's, grab a drink or get some banana fosters or something. Send me
1: a picture of Monsieur Le Fleur. I, don't, I want his portrait.
0: I'm, I, yeah. I kind of want to see
1: what he looks like. I feel like we might need to go on a trip. To Nola? To Nola.
0: Remember our last trip to Nola? Oh, my God. Yeah, let's do it. Monsieur Le Fleur. Images.
1: Monsieur de Fleur.
0: <laughs> okay, hold on. How many of these are there?
1: Probably a lot. That's a pretty common name. Is it? Fleur is like one of the most common French names, I would think. That's not him.
0: Ugh, look at the picture of the place. It looks spooky.
1: Ooh, well, Look at the inside. Look at the inside. That's of atrocious. <laughs> I hope Who they chose recreated. it. Who these colors? Somebody in ni- 1800s, apparently.
0: I don't think there's any pictures. Like, can nobody take a picture of it?
1: I mean, sometimes I think when like a restaurant or even like someone who has a haunted house, when they redecorate, I don't think it really has anything to do with the haunting sometimes. I think it might just be trying to get rid of like the stories associated with it. So people won't come in just to see the haunted it's like place. Re-branding. It's like, yeah, they want to rebrand a bit to get away from the, the spooky pie part of their story. But well, that was fascinating. I loved that. Yeah, I mean, it's, a- it's funny because my worst nightmare would be like my idea of hell would be working in a restaurant for the rest of eternity. So it's really funny. God,
0: that would suck.
1: Yeah. So it's really funny that this chef and sommelier are like, I want to stay, but I like it.
0: He's just clink, clanking fucking bottles all day. Yeah. Raz one.
1: If you were buried with something like the guy that was buried with the four, that's and so
0: weird. in the menu. Yeah.
1: What would you be buried with
0: well, me? Mm-hmm. Probably a, a spoon. Why? Because I never could find spoons at the restaurant. Uh, and I like desserts. So oh, I, we did talk about this I last would do like, sp- The
1: lack of spoons.
0: Uh, yeah, I would do a spoon.
1: Oh, we're doing restaurant-related. I like this.
0: And then, oh. Oh, it doesn't have to be restaurant-related. No, let's just
1: keep going with this, because it's a okay. lot easier than broader terms. I would do a spoon,
0: uh, and I would probably do, um, hmm, like a nice glass of wine. Like, a, not mm-hmm. like, like I want, like, a S- S- Psalm series, like, sh- sh- like Bordeaux glass, you know? They're, like, I like super that. gaudy. And yeah. then, so I'd, I'd probably have two of those across my chest, and then it's just a spoon in my hand, like, taped to it. So that I could never lose the fucking spoon, you know?
1: <laughs> I would probably do pita bread, because I used to eat pita bread all the fucking time. Oh, so hungry. the rats
0: can come down there and get a snack?
1: Oh, yeah, I rethink that. I don't want rats in my casket. Maybe, um... An allergy sheet because I always forgot to turn those into the chefs. I mean, I was really good about putting it on the computer, but I was so bad at like bringing them an allergy sheet if like I knew that the allergy. An allergy wasn't. sheet. Yeah. If I knew the allergy wasn't in the dish, I just like would forget like because I there's more important things going on <laughs> than like getting that sheet over to them when I know there's no peanuts in a tuna tartare, you know. But I don't know. Anywho, my story is. Obviously haunted hotels because I told you about the reason why we're doing another spooky episode.
0: Spooky doogie.
1: Spooky Sunday. What we could do like a break off. We series. ended on a light,
0: I have a, I, we end on a later note. Later note though.
1: We do end on a light note. Mine is a I have a funny ending note too. Do you really? Um, look, look at us. Yeah, we have a game. We have a fun game of the week tonight.
0: We've been doing so well.
1: I know, it's a good week. Okay. So my sources are MysteriousChicago.com, Chicago.com, an article on choose Chicago. Um, as well as the website of both the Congress Plaza Hotel and the Drake Hotel. So I use the history from both their websites.
0: The Congress um, Hotel looks so fucking spooky.
1: I know. Just start, I was talking about it this weekend because I was by it because I was in Millennium Park. And I told my dad, I'm like, um, I heard that, that place is really haunted. And then so it's just really funny that like what goes around comes around. Like I was already thinking about it. And then when I got reached out to about haunted hotels in Chicago, I was like, oh shit. I was just thinking about the Congress Plaza. Okay, so.
0: What about the Essex Hotel?
1: Oh, I, should, I didn't even look into that one. That didn't I, even pop up. I remember when they
0: had, had half the sign That's that up. And it it oh, just yeah. said sex hotel. hotel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that hotel. I was like, Ooh. Uh, okay. So the Congress Plaza Hotel opened in 1893 and it was called the Auditorium Annex. Um, it, was a, it was built by a super famous hotel developer named R.H. Southgate. Um, guests of the World Columbian Exposition, um, like the World Chicago World's Fair or whatever, stayed there during those events because uh, that was right after it was built. So it was probably really a brand new hotel. Yeah, people it was wanted to the stay shit. there. Hotels was,
0: used to be so big back then. They were. Like
1: cool. It was a place to be. It was probably where all the rich and famous people stayed too. Yeah. Um, it has eight hundred and seventy-one rooms. It originally had an underground marble passageway called Peacock Alley. It connected it to the auditorium building that was across the street. There was also a hotel, a theater, and then had offices in it and shit. Um, Since then, this hotel has been closed off with bricks, and now it reportedly, reportedly contains a room full of old toilets. In front of the just a
0: room of toilets.
1: Yeah, in front of where the opening to the tunnel used to be. Which
0: one of you took a shit and didn't flush?
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently, the tunnel used to be where like really famous and VIP people would hang out. They'd go down there and like have like creepy parties and shit. Like those
0: weird mask parties.
1: Yeah, probably. I don't. The Illuminati. (sighs) Um, one of the towers in this building of the Congress Plaza Hotel actually contained the first banquet hall to have, ever have air conditioning. Oh, fuck yeah, I mean. Chicago summers were brutal back then. I, I love guess. an air conditioner. Yeah, I mean, imagine being in a banquet hall and having no air conditioning. That sounds
0: It's like hard. a bunch of stinky people who don't have like is, do they even have deodorant back then? No, they use yeah, like well, fucking mothballs rubbing aluminum foil on
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so of the many ghosts that have been reported have been have reported being seen in this hotel. People have usually reported seeing Al Capone or Scarface's ghost roaming the halls. No. We talked about Al Capone last week. I told you the whole know. history Did last Did he die there? No. So oh, he, he is frequent. Yeah, he is most frequently seen near his old suite on the eighth floor. But in some other articles I read, it said that Al Capone was never recorded to have ever stayed in this hotel at all. So some people think that he might have stayed there under fake names or pseudonyms or something like that. Um, But he did host frequent business meetings in the hotel, uh, and many think that he would smuggle goods through the tunnels in the basement during prohibition, drugs, all that kind of stuff. Um, In 2016, the Leisure and Travel magazine declared this hotel the most haunted place in the state of Illinois, mostly based on sightings of Al Capone. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other favorite phantoms that is seen here is Peg Leg Johnny. Excuse me, who? He's a spooky hobo Peg ghost. Peg Leg Johnny. He's a hobo ghost. Stop. Aww. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but. um, I mean, uh, uh, it's believed that he was a homeless man who was murdered in the alley behind the hotel. <laughs> That's just like, Damn. I mean, there's no real story on it. Peg Leg
0: Jimmy, Joey. Johnny. Johnny. <laughs>
1: um he likes to turn room lights and electronics off and on and he's mostly just really playful he just likes to wreak havoc on poor tourists and businessmen Uh, that's my kind of like cocktail service is what i said yeah that's (laughs) on their wallets by um okay and then the most haunted room in the hotel is 441 where a female ghost reportedly kicks guests awake from the foot of their (laughs) bed.
0: kicks them awake
1: get up (laughs) get off my bed It's a frequently requested room reservation, obviously. And Stephen King reportedly based his book 1408 on this room.
0: Really? Mm -hmm.
1: It was a book that was about a hotel room that caused suicides. However, no suicides have been reported from this room at all. So he made that up. Yeah,
0: he's he's so dramatic. (laughs) He's so dramatic.
1: Um, And then the last, or the, the last two, there's a ghost of a boy who also reportedly haunts the Congress Hotel, this lore is that his mother was distraught over either her immigrant status and then other stories say that it's because her husband never returned from for them after World War 1. When
0: will my husband return from war? Maybe that's where it originated.
1: <laughs> She's looking out the window, which is sad because um she ended up throwing both of her children from the hotel Jesus window. Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> it's like Michael Jackson when he's like holding a baby over the
1: Maybe he was inspired by her, I don't know. But um it's said that she did this in despair and jumped right out after them to kill herself as well. It is reported that one of their bodies never made it to the city morgue. So it's assumed that the boy ghost that causes a lot of mischief, um, usually just moving around furniture and stuff, was one of the bodies that never made it to the morgue. So he That's was never so recovered. He's probably somewhere underneath the hotel. This Flattened. What like. Flat Stanley.
0: Like, why, like, why couldn't she just jump herself? Why is she going to take the kids with?
1: It's, that still happens today. I don't it's understand. So
0: selfish. It's
1: so fucked up. It, well, it's usually just to get back at the is like partner. Is it like
0: postpartum or something?
1: Sometimes it's postpartum. I feel like it's usually to get back at the spouse as well. Yeah, like, true. Because well, how is he like, going
0: to know he's not ever coming back? He's
1: not going to care if you die if he fucking hates you, but he's going to care if your kids die. So yeah, that's true. He might find out. I don't know. Um, but the most creepy legacy for this hotel is its connection to H.H. H. Holmes. Do you know what that is?
0: The Hound of the Baskervilles? No. H.H. Holmes?
1: No. He's a serial killer from the Chicago World Fair. He was made famous by a novel called Devil in the White City. I read this book. It's fucking awesome. I highly recommend reading it. Um... He was a psychopath that lured hundreds of women back to his hotel slash pharmacy and into his torture chamber. His hotel was uh, not the I'm Congress Hotel, but it was nearby.
0: I'm down with a torture chamber.
1: Yeah, but he was ale- allegedly a very frequent patron of the Congress Hotel, so he would go there. It was, I think, it was between him and the Chicago World's Fair site. So he would go there to meet pe- women halfway to like like get a drink with them in the lobby or something, and he would lure them back to his own hotel slash torture chamber from the Congress Hotel, Uh, his first victim was found in that, where he found her in that hotel and brought her back to his hotel. So that that was like the inspiration where he started. Hundreds of people. And then hundreds of women died after that. Hundreds, probably thousands actually. Because they never recovered most of the bodies because he started getting real creative on how to hide his murders.
0: Oh my God. It's all
1: true too. And then I don't remember how he got caught. I don't think he got caught when he was alive. I think it was after he. Die. really or no somebody caught him like when, later in life when he wasn't doing it anymore really but they found bodies and shit in the walls and all kinds of places like he got real creative creep well, yeah, um when you
0: got that many
1: yeah he was super charming He was kind of like a ted bundy but in Ugh. 1890 yeah um yeah this hotel has a haunted halloween ball every year and tickets are only 20 bucks so i think we should go i'm down yeah it turns into a vip nightclub extravagant how really we event. yeah
0: like a towel <laughs> yeah
1: yeah That sounds right. way more it's way cheaper than towel too it's probably way cooler count
0: me in bitch i'm
1: oh, in i'll be there all right that brings me to my next hotel the drake hotel um for me it was a very strong second to the congress plaza and also for a lot of other um ghost hunters and things like that they think it's the second most haunted hotel in chicago um oh. Yes, I got most of my information from Choose Chicago and the Drake Hotel website. Um, construction of the hotel was in 1919. It was completed in 1920. It hosted some of the world's most opulent and elite guests, one including Queen Elizabeth II, uh, right after she was inaugurated. In, wow. Or not inaugurated, whatever you call it.
0: Like put on the throne. Yeah, I don't she know. She got the crown.
1: God, there's a, there's a very fancy word for it. I can't remember. Princess Diana stayed there. She had tea in the high tea room, the palm court. that's in the me- middle of the hotel. I've been there. I've had tea there. It's really cute.
0: I went there with your mom. Your mom stayed there.
1: Yeah, yeah. My that's mom stayed there. My dad creepy room. Oh, my God. It's so creepy. The, the, oh, yeah. My mom researched the Drake Hotel, actually, when she stayed there. She was like... I've been hearing things, and now I'm so scared to sleep
0: there. <laughs> the Palm Room is cool, though. It's actually it's, it's beautiful. beautiful.
1: Like, and the the ballrooms there. Like, I snuck in there drunkenly one night, and it looks like Beauty and the Beast in the ballrooms. It's fucking beautiful. They haven't changed a thing probably since it opened, but for the most part, I
0: don't think they've changed anything.
1: No, I mean I'm sure they've updated some things, but um, Walt Disney stayed there, Bing Crosby, etc. Their opening party was on New Year's Eve. It had two thousand of the world's and Chicago's most rich and famous. Um, this is a rare place that wasn't affected by the crash and depression in the late 20s. So what didn't see it, it didn't lose a single dime. Wow. Um, but also the most rich and famous also didn't lose any money. The depressin', depression hit like the middle class. Anyway, so.
0: I mean, I'm still depressed. <laughs> <laughs> wait it's
1: 1929 i the the 1929 <laughs> um in 1933 the day after the prohibition ended they opened their first bar that had 40 cent whiskey the day after the prohibition ended they were ready to go they already had it prepped and good
0: good to go yeah like we got the whiskey already
1: <laughs> i wonder if they got a warning that prohibition was ending on a certain day so they just like fucking speed built a bar for their hotel probably i mean i would imagine so um, it said that there's another room that was really very famous called the Cape Cod room. It said that Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio, after they got married, they carved their initials into that wooden bar and it's still there. That was in 1952. Wow. Um, yeah. A lot of really rich history there. It's a, ton, it's a very cool place. Um, anyways, the ghosts. Bum, bum, yeah. bum.
0: So we're not just, a, I, I thought we were just promoting Drake Hotel. Just kidding.
1: Well, I wanted to give some background. You gave background on your stupid restaurant too. Uh, Brennan's. <laughs> Okay, so the first ghost is the lady in red. A um, hundred years ago, she died on New Year's Eve in 1922. So I think that's, that's a couple years after the hotel opened. Uh, it is reported that she discovered her husband, some reports say fiancé, with another woman at some point during the New Year's Eve gala at the hotel. Differing reports say she either saw him dancing with her in the gala after they got separated or she couldn't find him. And when she went to go look in their room, she discovered the two of them together there doing the nasty. Ah,
0: uh, uh, bop, bop, bop.
1: Yeah. Um, it, this is increasingly like the movie Chicago, the musical or whatever. Uh, anyways, this prompted her to jump from either the 10th floor or the roof. Several reports say different things. Um, nobody really knows exactly where she jumped from. But she's usually seen wandering the 10th floor and in the Palm Court, which is where you and my mom. Oh, yeah. Met. I
0: was, I turned the lights on in that place.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yeah um she it's assumed that she was lured by the high tea events in that room so she like likes to go and watch all the women having tea and stuff
0: do they still have high tea events
1: yeah they do a lot of them
0: like some expensive ass tea should we go i want some tea yeah let's do it sounds great have you, seen my, some heard, have you heard my voice and some
1: finger sandwiches some cucumber
0: no cucumber oh you don't like water? whatever no.
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> the next ghost is the woman in black a lot of women in colors The murderer in
0: black. It sounds like a movie.
1: (laughs) It is a movie. Woman in black. It's a movie. Yeah, it is a movie. But it's not about the Drake Hotel. It's about a, a house on an island. Anyways, the murderer of Adele Williams in 1944. That's who the woman in black is. It is said that this woman named Adele was a guest in the hotel with her friend Patricia Goodbody. And they both returned to their room to see a woman in black in a white wig with a black fur coat and a tiny pistol. Step out of the bathroom. Then, okay,
0: Queen. Yes. She sounds like a
1: baddie. Is, is that Corella DeVille and f- It sounds like her. Yeah. Uh, apparently her original aim for the shooting was Goodbody, her friend, but she missed and then ended up aiming at Williams instead, because I think she was probably closer. Um, so Adela Williams was shot and killed. The case was very big news at the time. Police searched the hotel for four hours, but she was never found and the case was never solved. What? Yeah. The serial number on the gun, because she left the gun behind and still wasn't caught, Uh, it was traced to a man in prison. And for a while it was suspected that one of his sisters was the one who committed the crime. One of them worked in the hotel and the other one was known for prowling hotels looking for rich men. Um,
0: Damn, another baddie. (laughs) Yeah.
1: The common assumption is that they may have been in their room to steal jewelry, or one of them was in the room to steal jewelry, and then it was a robbery gone wrong. So she shot and killed her. But... Um, they ended up never being charged or no no car- charges were ever brought against them. So the case is still unsolved today. Wow. Yeah. Nineteen forty four. Um, the next ghost dun, 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 it's the last one. Ghosty books. The parents of Bobby Franks. Bobby was a fourteen year old who was killed by his cousin Richard Loeb and his friend Nathan Leopold. All of these three boys were a part of like the really rich Chicago crowd. Um. So this was really big news because they all came from very opulent families. So they're like, "What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> Why like, did they can, what, do this?"
0: Can y'all chill for a second?
1: Yeah. Uh, allegedly, Richard and Nathan were on a quest to commit the perfect crime. Um. It kind of seems more like a. Uh, the what is it? The 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 brothers in L. A. That killed their parents. Whatever. They oh yeah and, yeah yeah yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Monde- yeah. Monde- Night's nice mom, <laughs> I <don't know>
0: exactly. <laughs> No. I do know Hernandez. No, no,
1: oh, no, not Hernandez. It's a different murderer. Whatever. It's
0: like planned out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Rodriguez or something. Um, so they picked up Bobby when they saw him walking on Ellis Avenue in Kenwood and they killed him with a chisel to his head. Frank's body was dumped in a swamp near the Illinois Indiana state line. Acid was then used to hide the identity of his body. And then they sent a ransom note to his family, which is one of the guy's families because it was his cousin. So he sent a ransom note to his like, aunt and uncle. What the fuck? Um, the boys were eventually captured because a rare spring from one of their glasses was found near Bobby's body. They confessed to the crime, but they were spread from spared from the death penalty because they could afford a fancy lawyer. Fucking privilege. Wow. <laughs> um, multiple reports. I mean, why does this tie into the Drake hotel? It's because multiple reports say that after Bobby's murder, his parents sold their big house to avoid gawkers and moved into the Drake hotel. They both ended up dying there about like 10 years apart uh, it is said that they are still seen wandering the hotel, mourning their son. Oh, yeah, sad. The Drake right, also has a haunted going. ball, another haunted gala, they the luxurious haunted? masquerade ball. Yeah, really? We're going. It's probably not as cheap as the one. would yeah, uh, for
0: sure not.
1: But yeah, that's that's wow. It. Those are my haunted hotels.
0: I it, I love a good haunting.
1: Me too, bitch. I love a spooky story. I
0: love spooky. We lived together. We we, all we did was watch
1: scary movies, I feel like, at one point.
0: Like with restaurants and stuff, too. Like, it's always so interesting. Like, I've worked at places that I thought were haunted, like fucking glassware flying off a shelf and shit. I'm like, who did did that? I'm like, we don't have enough glassware in this restaurant. Stop. Knock over something else.
1: Honestly, we have just enough time left to do the game. Do you want to save your next story for next week?
0: Uh, I suppose.
1: Are you capable of that?
0: It's just.
1: We're going to go well over our time limit if you tell your story. Okay. Do you want to share one thing from your story? No,
0: it was just facts.
1: Okay. So is mine. So we'll just do the game. Okay. Good. Now you don't have to do your homework next week. You already have it done. All right. Our game of the week. I was looking forward
0: to it. Okay. Game of the week.
1: Yeah, you can look forward to it next week. Am I the asshole?
0: Yes. (laughs) For me not being able to play my game.
1: It wasn't a game.
0: Oh, well, I think it's a game to me. It's a game to me.
1: You're being insufferable.
0: Okay. (laughs) Where are we going with this?
1: Okay. Are you? Um, I'm going to read you restaurant horror stories and we're going to debate on whether the server or the guest is the asshole. Oh. Interesting, right? I think it's a good way to end it. We can bring it back to basics instead of going back to another history lesson. We can save that for next week.
0: Okay, let's do it.
1: All right, cool. Okay, the first one. I only have three. I'm going to save the rest for a different time for another game because I think three is plenty. The first one, a current affair. I used to see guys come in with their girlfriends/slash mistresses one night, and then come in with their wives literally just a few days uh-huh. later. This reminds me of the movie The Menu. Anyways, I, knew I never a guy that would
0: do that. He'd bring in a twink though, <laughs> like and a then twink. his wife
1: the next day and kids. Yes. That's hilarious. Okay, well, sorry. Literally just a few days later, um, I never saw anyone get caught, or at least there was never a huge blowout in the restaurant. But I would seat them at the same table and say something like, have you dined with us before? You look very familiar. Um, this is submitted by an anonymous waitress at a steakhouse in Boston, Massachusetts. Am I the asshole or is the guest the asshole?
0: I mean, it was, I, Wait, I didn't... Where's the asshole part?
1: Just, <laughs> no. Oh, my God, I... She said, I never saw anyone get caught, or at least there was never a huge blowout, but I would seat them at the same table every time and say something like, have you dined with us before? You look familiar. Like, I trying to get him caught.
0: Oh. Um, I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't even have noticed. I'd yeah. be like, yeah, I've been here before. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> i like the food and drink like, you're a better what? liar than most favorite. yeah I'm mean, like is, this is i this, yeah it's one of my favorite spots
1: yeah i come here frequently i live
0: by here like what do you yeah i
1: think like the server's kind of the asshole for this okay
0: i mean kind of because that's like really not your business
1: yeah i'm like it's fascinating but like stay out of it yeah but,
0: like you don't really know also you and you also don't most
1: know. rich men have wives that are very complicit and they're cheating they don't yeah, care And they <laughs> also like
0: don't know what they're they could be in an open relationship
1: yeah, or they're divorced and they're just like needing to discuss yeah. their kids or something. You never know. They also, sleep it's like, in different beds. As I long as know. he's respectful and tips fine every time, like I think that you're an asshole for trying to stir something up. I've had plenty. Because you're upset because there was never a huge blot in the restaurant. Like, give me a break.
0: We would have this old daddy. He, he looked like he probably drove a motorcycle and covered in tattoos. Always had a different girl in we just, he, We liked him. He was cool. We I've seen
1: many, him. many men at my restaurant that always had different women. I'm like I don't even know. And I knew, we, we knew we, we knew some of the guys had wives, and they bring. Oh, them. Yeah. Sometimes their wives would be at different tables. We'd have to hide them from each other. So the yeah. hostess would. It's so it's fucking nice. It's not fun. my
0: because I'm like I'm not. Uh-huh. That ain't my job. That ain't my yeah no I'm not your
1: That's the one time it's okay to say that. <laughs> it's like, not my job. That is not my job. I'm not Mari. I'm not fucking Jerry Springer over here. I'm not about to start a fight. Um. Mm. Also, this these stories are from Tasting Table. They're, it's called an article called, called Restaurant Horror Stories. Okay. The next one is called Strength in Numbers. You're going to like this one. Okay. It was a Saturday night and our wait was about two and a half hours long. This is pretty typical, but it was cold outside and people were hangry for their ramen. This reminds me of a lot of ramen places in Chicago. Uh, remember ramen that wasabi? episode? Yeah, remember that episode where we were like, we had to wait for every ramen place? We had to go to the one we didn't really want to go to. to. Cry. It was awful. Um, the waiting guests who were strangers, like they didn't know each other, formed a union of sorts and demanded they all be sat. Like they, they formed together and can't they're like, We all wanna be sat right now. My manager Ugh. had to get involved and we eventually sat all of them together at the same table. Oh shit. They're all probably best friends by now. Renee, she's a hostess at a buzzy spot on NYC's Lower East Side. I think the guests are the asshole. Guests
0: are the assholes, but I like how it was met with like, more assholery. Yeah, it's you like, guys we're going to you know sit what? together then. Yeah,
1: be your best friends. Eat Here's ramen, your you table. Them. Well, it's funny because a lot of ramen places do have bigger tables that they'll seat like strangers not together. Because yeah, people are desperate for ramen and it's, it's better in person. So you're just I'm, yeah, like.
0: Bringing that shit home. I think mm. you
1: and I were even like, we're willing to sit at that table with those other people. They're like, we can't do that. Mm.
0: I know. I was like, I just want to eat, bro.
1: Can I ask them myself?
0: <laughs> I'm hungry, dad.
1: So the guest is the asshole for that one. All right, next one is shit hits the fan. You're actually, no, this is the one you're gonna like.
0: Like, literally.
1: <laughs> I don't even wanna start saying this because you're gonna die laughing. An elderly man. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> came in to dine with a party of four. They were all beautifully dressed. We were very busy, a packed house. And all of a sudden, I look up and the man looks like he's about to fall over. <laughs> Because he's trying to pick something up off of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where is this going? I run, I run over and realize it's a lump of shit. <laughs> he's trying to pick up off the floor? And there's another one coming out of his other <laughs> pant leg. <laughs> I don't even know what I would do. I
0: feel so bad. It's just, roll, it's just rolling out you can
1: see it kind of like trickling down the inside of the pan. Like, why is he bent over trying to pick it up <laughs> his wife tells me that he's trying to pick up food that fell on the floor oh, no. <laughs> it, is, it was once food it's not anymore <laughs> oh, no. oh my god <laughs> um did he pick it up? No, I'm not, I'm, I'm, only, I'm I'm only halfway through the story. What? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't even the end. No. Okay. I ran back to the host stand to grab towels to clean it up, Mm-mm. and now I've got shit in one hand and I'm welcoming customers as they walk in the <laughs> door. <laughs> After the guy came back from the bathroom, he sits back down at the table for another hour and a half. Stop. Covered in shit. This man is now sitting through dinner. We're laughing at this point, but don't, totally didn't know what to do. I don't think anyone's the asshole in that story.
0: I don't know what was going through this man's mind.
1: He's probably fucking like delirious. He's probably got Alzheimer's (laughs) or something. (laughs) Poor guy, I feel so bad for him. What about everybody else at the table? This his first time in a restaurant in like four months. His family hasn't seen him in the nursery. Everybody
0: else was just okay with him sitting in his own shit. I think the only shed.
1: asshole in this story is his wife trying to say it's food. It's like, <laughs> you want to like, eat that? She's letting you pick it up and put it on his plate. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my God. This yeah, this reminds she's me, a
0: fucking bitch. This
1: reminds me of the story Jessica Mettler said on our yeah, podcast with, with, with the, the, the person that puked and then sat there. It's like take oh, grandpa home.
0: I was thinking about when the, ho- the homeless person came and wiped shit all over the entire bathroom.
1: The oh my god, yeah. The only scenario <laughs> where I think it's okay to have any type of bodily fluid at the table and stay is if you puke into a cup or a bowl or into a bag, and it's for a good reason, like your blood sugar is really low, you have like you going through like some sort of medical treatment or something. If it's if you have no valid reason, it's just like. I threw up. I'm sorry. I, I,
0: mama threw sorry, up. Sorry, I just
1: pooped twice down sure. my pant leg. Like, no. Just go, go <laughs> home.
0: Like, you can come now back. Now the whole
1: restaurant has to smell that. I know.
0: I would literally have to stop. I'd have to leave Oh, my work. God. I would
1: fucking die. All right. Well, that's it for me. That was a good episode.
0: That was gross. Why do we always have <laughs> that? Why do we have to end with something like that?
1: The last one is poopy pants. Okay. What's your shot of choice this week?
0: Uh...
1: Uh, i did a lot of fireball this weekend so i'm gonna say fireball know. yeah my dad likes fireball for some reason we went to that concert and uh the, these guys these guys bartending at northerly island were giving us five dollar shots of fireball so we took so many.
0: oh that's really cheap
1: yeah it's the shooters that come with a drink normally you have to buy a drink to get the shooter for five bucks they but they just were just giving, giving us shooters, yeah, five bucks they had
0: too much shit um well, they're if, making more money off doing that i then. had to do a shot of choice mm. This is hard today. I want to do something with pear. A prickly pear? Yeah. Ooh.
1: That sounds nice. I like that. That's a cactus fruit. What? All right. A pear? Yeah, prickly a... pear is like the little red thing on top of a cactus. That's what prickly oh. pear is. I think. Don't I, quote me on that.
0: I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah. But all right. Happy Industry Sunday.
1: That's all we got. Remember to, to, you know poop before you eat and don't do it in the restaurant am i right
0: don't try to pick it up like it's food
1: yeah also don't murder anyone in a hotel or a restaurant because apparently you haunt the place afterwards
0: could you imagine what the only thing that would make it worse is like if there was a dog there eating it
1: oh in the restaurant (laughs) (laughs) well if it was on the patio that'd be in broad daylight that'd be much worse
0: well at least you'd have open air that's true you just can't wind gusts? Well,
1: the worst part is that in a restaurant, you can't spray for breeze or light a candle because it ruins the you can't food do any, smell.
0: Well, the I, well, I mean, so food smell was probably already ruined.
1: I, would sh- I think that that's a health scenario. I feel like any restaurant in Chicago would shut down for the rest of the night. It's
0: biohazard. You
1: have to. They, they just have
0: to leave.
1: She's, she's mad at the, at the old man for staying after pooping on the floor, but she didn't shut down the restaurant for someone pooping on the floor.
0: I think I mean. Why I mean, didn't we
1: think of this before now?
0: I would tell him he has to see you. I'm so sorry, sir. You have to go. Yeah, You're but kidding? he's probably
1: really nice and sweet and old. It and does. Weird.
0: I don't care. You're shitting on my floor.
1: What if it was Santa Claus? What if it was care. Morgan Freeman? What if Morgan Freeman pooped on your floor? Would you let him stay?
0: No, I'd tell him to go home. I will put in another reservation. We can try this again some other
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> I would let him stay. Uh, okay. I would frame that well, poop on Well, I my would not be lawn. that
0: server. Because I'll <laughs> probably poop and puke.
1: You're like, we got to get another sub in here. And they're like, why did our servers leave? And he's like, because like, your husband pooped on the floor, ma'am. She's like, it was broccoli.
0: I can't handle smells.
1: It was his It was well-done steak.
0: Ew. Uh, he, he was just, and then he, he was probably just like eating butter at the table.
1: Oh, God. I mean, that causes you to poop, I guess.
0: <sighs> All right. All right well, on that note, topic.
1: happy Industry Sunday. Have happy a good Industry rest of your week, you guys. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Bye.